OSPO is all about connection with your customers and your team. But what if your tools could also connect? That's where Square comes in. Square for restaurants connects your front of house to your back of house, your team to their schedules, and connects new revenue streams with your marketing to reach new customers. Whether you have one location or many, Square has everything your business needs to connect your vision to reality. Learn more by visiting square.com slash restaurants. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight-talking, ethically-minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now, with today's show, today we're discussing the latest trends and insights in the hospitality industry. So excited to have Colin Burney from Square as our guest. For the last four years, Colin has been the head of business development in Square Australia, where he helps small businesses grow and thrive through innovative technology solutions. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the future of restaurants, Colin's insights on how restaurants can adapt to the changing consumer preferences and technological advances and coming trends. Hey, Colin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Great to be here. Amazing to have you on. I know that we were we were actually on a, a Fine Food Australia panel last year. I remember that together. Today's, I think, is going to be a really insight for me to get to know you a bit better and really understand sort of your connection to Square and how you got into, you know, this amazing brand. So maybe we can start there. Like, how did you come to be that you're working with Square the last four years? Absolutely. My career actually started in banking many years ago, right. too many years to mention, but I realised pretty quickly that th- that career path wasn't really for me and I found business development as a much more suitable kind of pathway for me and I think it was more about dealing with people and being able to help solve problems and so I've been in business development roles for the last 20 odd years and I was working prior to Square at a business that was doing a lot of enterprise web content management solutions. We would typically deal with universities and government agencies and Anyone who's had the pleasure of dealing with government and universities understands the glacial speed of decision-making and a lot of bureaucracy to contend with. I was looking for something that was a little bit more fast-paced, a little bit more dynamic, and I guess really looking for that connection with what the business was doing with the customers that they were dealing with. Came across the opportunity at Square and was thrilled to, um, to get the gig and have had a fantastic last four years helping some of the great food and drink and other businesses thrive through what's been a really challenging couple of years. But it's a phenomenally exciting business to be a part of. And they definitely say, be careful what you wish for, because it is a fast-paced environment compared to dealing with (laughs) universities and government. But Yeah. yeah, really enjoyed the last few years and seen a lot of advances in technology over those years too, which I think has really impacted on, on the food and drink space more broadly. How have you handled the pace of that change? Like coming out of something which is so glacially slow to coming in something which I imagine week to week, like a month to month, there's new advances in what Square's doing. Like how do you personally control that change for yourself? That must be a, a big learning curve for you. 
It is, and I remember coming home to my wife not long after I started and saying, I think I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> and she talked me down from the ledge and, and said, you do this all the time you mm. know, when you start a new job. But I, I think it's just, a, you just adjust. You get into the pace of it and you start to develop processes and ways of working that allow you to filter out information that may not be as critical and as much of a priority. And I think that's been really important to be able to just focus on the things that are most, most critical and most impactful for your day to day. Obviously, Square's been around for a good amount of years now, obviously helping restaurants, cafes, bakeries grow through the innovative tech that you guys do. How do you see the technology, especially in the last four years since you've been on board, how have you seen it improve operations and profitability for venues? The biggest thing, you know, with technology is that in and of itself, it doesn't really solve a problem. So we see a lot of venues that would be using technology, but they might be engaging with five or six different suppliers. So mm. as an example, they might be using a bank terminal for payments, they'll be using a point of sale vendor for their point of sale, <coughs> different provider for their kitchen display system, someone else for QR code ordering, someone else for online. And all of those things from different providers have never really been intended to, to work together seamlessly. And Often it can cause issues in terms of just the management of all of those suppliers and the day-to-day overheads. But equally, if there's any, any time there's an issue, often the suppliers are pointing at each other and, oh, we think that might be your problem or that, that sounds like it could be your problem. And yes. it's frustrating for, for venues because they just want solutions. And I think for Square, because we provide such a rich ecosystem and all of the parts of it that we've developed are intended and designed to work seamlessly together, that can be a real operational benefit to people that will put our hand up happily and say, if there's an issue, that's us and we'll take care of it. But equally, because the product are suited and designed to work together, there's typically a lot less issues in those in those scenarios. It's been interesting, especially the last four years you've been with the company. I think back four years ago and probably the only real piece of tech with inside a brand was the point of sale. Yeah. And now we have this evolution of so many other pieces of technology. When I'm talking to people, <coughs> when I'm talking to people in the industry, like some of them are really getting tech fatigue, right? There's so many different outputs that they now can look at. What's my question here? <laughs> is it hard when you're now, when your team is now talking to new clients to make sure you get back to the fact that Square is a really simplified model that's really user-friendly and like, really simple to use? The thing that we want to know most about is what are the pain points that exist in the business today and can we solve them? Mm. I think there are many businesses that can benefit from a rich ecosystem like we have, but there are also those that are really simple setups that don't really need the breadth of a solution like Square. So we really want to understand in depth what's happening in a business, where are the pain points, where are the manual processes where are the things that are taking time and effort and creating angst and anxiety for a business and they're the things that we really want to understand because if there's stuff there that's happening you know from a from a technology perspective that we can lean into and help with then then I think that's really the key for us but yeah the technology adoption is really it's really ballooned in the last few years and as I said it's really important that People aren't, and venues aren't just adopting stuff for the sake of it. There's a real reason and a need behind it. And they're mm. thinking a little bit more strategically about why and what they're acquiring and making sure that those things are, are going to work well together because sometimes it, it ends up creating more hassle than it was intended to, to solve. 
is there a is there the, like a big technological is there a big development with Inside Square over the last four years when you've been with the company that you have been the most excited about to bring to market and you see being a really powerful part of what Square's brought to the ecosystem? I think our offering in the food and drink space has been the most exciting. So we brought out a verticalized point of sale system that was intended specifically for restaurants. We did that a couple of years ago. Some of the hardware that we've released over those few years have gone from the iconic white reader that everyone sees at their local cafe to really slick countertop solutions with the square register, which is much more suited to a bar environment or a, or a quick service restaurant. And then there are other aspects, other products that we've brought that complement the point of sale and payments experience. So businesses that are wanting to grow their customer base, we have marketing, square marketing product that allows them to, to market to new and prospective customers. We also have a loyalty product that allows them to reward their, their regular customers. So I think specifically for the food and drink space, it's really just the building out of that ecosystem of all of the various tools that uh, that are important to a food and drink business. It's also not just about the stuff that and the products that Square have been releasing, but it's also about how we can unlock and leverage some of the existing technology that might exist in a venue. So if you think of an accounting platform, for example, so we have a really neat integration with, excuse me, with Zero and QuickBooks and Myob. So again, we want we want to help a business and help their accountant understand their business in some depth and we want to be able to unlock the value of what we're doing with some of those existing pieces of the puzzle that are already in a business as well. So I think over the last few years, I've really seen a big, a lot of big progress in, in that space, particularly in table side payments and ordering as well have been another really key part of that ecosystem for food and drink operators. So that's been exciting and I think looking forward, we want to continue to add more products to our ecosystem that, that help a business get time back to focus on cooking great food or doing offering a great service and a great experience for their diners and, mm. and their customers. Have you found that, have you been impressed by how the loyalty program and contacting of customers has gone with this square? Because I've seen that evolution over the last sort of five years or so now that I think customers are okay with being contacted either by email by text or however they're going to be contacted by their favorite place they love to go yeah so have but have you been impressed on the growth in that and the amount of venues that are actually using that pretty actively yeah i think we're always very careful to ensure that people have given their explicit approval to get marketing material so that's mm. a, a really critical first point but mm. <clears throat> i think over the last few years with COVID and so on people are very much more comfortable with digitized and digital experiences, whether that be at, at a restaurant or, or elsewhere in their life. So yeah, being able to sign up with a credit card or opt in at the point of sale is a really simple way that they can start to get messaging from their favorite venues and get offers and incentives to come back and rewards for being loyal customers as well. So yeah, I definitely think that customers are more comfortable with those kind of experiences and that, particularly if they're from trusted and known venues that they're at regularly or places that they'd love to to start to go to more so i think there is that recognition and trust that exists all up front so it isn't unsolicited emails landing in your inbox which we all get uh, <laughs> all the anyway. time yeah. <laughs> um with tech moving so quickly and obviously during the pandemic like this explosion of different technologies we talked about at the start of the podcast what do you see is coming through in the next couple of years that will have the biggest impact on the venues that you guys are working with one of the things, and I don't know if it's necessarily new, but I think it's something that 
venues are, and businesses are really turning on to a lot more is just the importance of using data to make really well-informed business decisions. The data is a really fundamental and key part of the experience that we provide to venues because it gives them visibility across what's selling, when it's selling, why is it selling, where are the areas that they can maybe consolidate a menu, for example, or what are the things that they maybe need to lean into a little bit more. So I think businesses, have, owners and operators, have been really good at using their instinct and using their under, deep understanding of the sector to, to drive decision-making, and that's served them well and will continue to serve them well. But I think what we're offering is an opportunity to complement that instinct and market understanding with some real hard data that can often throw up really interesting ideas and new concepts that, that businesses can take advantage of. And I think a lot of businesses over the last few years have started to think about complementary revenue streams. So they're, they're prepackaged meals as an example or mm. sources or retail or merchandise that align with the venue as well. So I think those kinds of things are going to continue to be super important and something mm. that we really encourage is encourage business to use what's at their disposal and it's not just for your accountant at tax time to tell you how, many, how your sales are doing, but use it to inform staffing decisions and opening times and again, you know, what's, what's selling well and what you really need to lean into. Data is a really interesting point, Colin. I think that's been the best thing which has happened the last three years, but it's also been probably the thing which when I talk to when I talk to brands, like probably the most trickiest thing for them to unpack. Yeah. Like when you onboard a new client, whether it be a venue manager, whether it be an owner of a brand, how are you guys taking them through to understand the data, the immense data they're getting? And also like how are you working dashboards to make sure that they can see data that's really important to them rather than going too granular unless they don't really need to? It's a great question. And I think historically Square has been a self-serve business for a lot of smaller businesses. So mm. they can go to Officeworks and buy a card reader. They sign up that day for their Square account and link their bank account and they're off and running, taking payments at a local market or at a food truck really quickly. But mm. increasingly we're working with much larger venues and more complex venues who really need you know, the white glove treatment when they're starting with Square. It's not because they have multifaceted businesses and different moving parts, we're really there to help them with the services and the people to understand the things that, that are going to be important. So we have mm. a dedicated team who are tasked with implementation of a new venue. So we'll help them set up their menus, we'll help them set up all their dashboards, we'll train their staff on how to use the point of sale, we'll do a deep dive into the reporting that's available to them and help them understand the insights that are going to be there. We want to be very much a partner to a business and we don't want them to have to feel like they need to do it on their own and because it's tough. They've got a lot of stuff mm. on their plate as it is. So yeah, we've brought services into that onboarding experience so that yeah, they can work with experts in the products and experts in the industry to give them some guidance about what kind of marketing programs might be working best or how to structure a loyalty program and equally to help them to understand all the detailed sales data that might be available to them as well. I imagine clients must be, new clients must be pretty impressed when you guys give that sort of white glove treatment because like with with any kind of brand that we support and talk to, the only ones we really vouch for or talk about are the ones that really deliver on after-sale service as much as like technology or whatever service they're doing is good. But what you've just explained is um, another level that I definitely think you guys would go to. It's very impressive. Yeah, it's so critical that when we're talking to a business and we're talking about the benefits that we can help them to realise that we can follow through and actually deliver on that. And we want to ensure they're set up in, in a way that meets best practice so that it simplifies 
things for their staff. Their staff can understand at a deep level how to use things effectively. They don't get into scenarios where they're stuck in a period of high service or stuck at a difficult time without the support that they need. So we've also got 1-800 number people can contact at any time to, to get support as well. But I think businesses get the benefit of working with us closely at the start so then they don't have to worry about in down the track what's happening or what's going wrong. Yeah, mm. It's important to, to put the work in at the start and away they go. I mentioned the Square brand must be really exciting the evolution of where Square is going from, as you said, buying a reader from Officeworks, which by the way, I have one <laughs> where I've used before for retail sales and going from a brand which was largely in cafes and mobile trucks and all this kind of stuff just because of accessibility and usability and it product works amazingly to now where you're moving into more bigger businesses, groups, quick service, those kind of brands, brands you probably didn't play in five five or so years ago, I imagine it must be a really good evolution for the team to actually have some more insights which can then affect the probably still bulk amount of customers that you do have at the cafe sort of bakery level, I'd imagine. It's, it's been wonderful to start working with a business that maybe it's a food truck and work with them with a solution that works for them for a while and that business might do extremely well and they might get their first brick and mortar store and we can help them with a solution that works for a brick and mortar store. Mm. Then they might get multiple stores. And then again, we have solutions that give them visibility across all of those locations. And Mm. I think Fishbowl out of Bondi is Mm. probably one of the best examples of that, where we worked with them at their very first store in Bondi. And now they're national, a national chain and doing terrifically well and expanding. So, but for us, we've been able to help them all along that journey, right from the get go. And I think that trust and partnership has been so wonderful and something that we've replicated now with many other businesses as well. But it's when you see your kids grow and evolve and get there <laughs> and, and you're with them along the journey. And it feels a little bit like that for me and for our team as well. We're definitely a proud moment when you see businesses really thriving and starting to open up more locations and really get the attention and that they deserve it for doing great work and delivering great product. What do you learn from those kind of partnerships over over a long period of time? I imagine it must be, especially if you have a really good connection with the founders or the managers who work with inside their business. So I know how close that relationship can get. They must give you a lot of insights about how the brand could and how different products could improve and those kind of things. It would be obviously really good feedback for you guys, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And that's the most critical thing for us is that we we need to listen very carefully when we're getting great feedback about the opportunities to evolve our products. So there's been a lot of discussions and over the years with businesses like Fishbowl about the things that they need in their business that maybe we weren't able to provide at a particular time. And those seller conversations really drive a lot of our product development. There's a very close connection between what the sellers are telling us and what we're actually developing in in terms of our product. We, in my team, very much act like the voice of the seller back to our product teams and, and that really resonates with the product team they're very actively interested in what we're hearing and what people are telling us and what do we need to do better and what do we need to change Mm. and uh, yeah i think we we value those feedback loops so highly because it's it's critical that anything that we're doing is actually absolutely for the for the sellers that we're working with and uh, yeah i think the the risk is that if you've got product teams off in basements delivering and coding stuff that isn't (laughs) listening and understanding what the sellers really want then you get situations where you've got misaligned products and things that don't really fit mm. the market and I think that's one of the things that I think we've been known for is just a really good product market fit and it's really no coincidence because we're delivering and developing stuff that that, that the market and the industry is really asking mm. from us. Totally agree. Square to some people was known like probably f- 
first and foremost as a payment platform. So I really want to get your thoughts on order at table and contactless payment. Like how do you feel the last couple of years, especially with the rise of those technologies, have changed the front of house experience? Like how are you working with your clients to make sure that the front of house experience is not lost, but still the accessibility and convenience is still there? I think the front of house experience is always of utmost importance for a business. And I, I think new technologies and ways of working will never change that. I think what we want to do is help businesses do more with less. And where you've got really great staff, high caliber sommeliers who know wine list inside out and great wait staff who understand the sourcing of the ingredients and the, the relationships with suppliers, we really want to empower them to, to have the time to spend with their customers and really deliver that exceptional front of house experience without mm. needing to be caught up in trying to get a payment through or trying to take an order effectively. That stuff should be very much in the shadows and just work seamlessly. So I think for us, a lot of what we're doing is about empowering front of house to, to give them more time to spend with customers, to delight them with the experience that they're having at the restaurant. So I, I think a lot of the stuff there is more about just keep working, just doing its job without kind of taking up time for people to, to check out at the end of the night or kind of bills being inaccurate or those kinds of things. So those <coughs> technologies with the kitchen and, and the front of house need to just work and then allow front of house staff to do what they do best and deal with the customers. Colin, I've heard reports over the last couple of months that order at table is on the decline, like it's going down, people don't like it. Customers are reverting back. They want to be go up to a counter and order and all this kind of stuff. Is that feedback you're getting from venues? We're definitely seeing a move back towards more face-to-face, person-to-person engagement in, in the food and drink businesses. I think there's a convenience that happens there, but I don't think it necessarily replaces the need for great quality staff and people to, to have a great experience in a restaurant. So... I think there, there are some benefits there, but I don't think it's... You know, I think COVID was really the peak times for those kind of technologies. And I think people much prefer to be dealing with people and humans and mm. having a conversation that's maybe a little bit broader than just what you're going to order and how much it costs and so on. We're definitely seeing some movement back to face-to-face and human engagement, which I think we all crave and want. And it's just a very natural part of what, what being in a restaurant is, I think. Because I wonder, and this, I'll give you an example, I was at a venue and this wasn't a square product, so don't worry. But I think where customers get annoyed is when the tech doesn't work. Absolutely. And I was at a a venue in Victoria and it was a big winery venue and sat down at a restaurant, order a table here, a lot of stuff, there's actually a lot of stuff on. Order a table here, no problem, put it through, whatever. Did it, I was with two or three other people. Like most order at table platforms has batching technology. So it waits for other people to order within a five minute thing. So obviously goes to a, obviously goes to a webpage. My phone then went, so ordered, paid, phone then went silent. So obviously goes into whatever low mode, but 10 minutes go by, 12 minutes go by. No other orders have come up. I'm like, orders on out. What's going on? Open up my phone and because the web page was still open, it was still waiting for other orders to be batched to that particular order. Therefore, the staff didn't know that it was coming through because they hadn't gone through the printers. So then when I asked the staff, they go, oh, I'm so sorry, that happens all the time. And by the way, that printer isn't working, so we wouldn't have got that order anyway for the coffee that you were ordering with the beers and the wine. And then it got fixed in two minutes. And I was just like, 
it's just annoying when the tech doesn't work and now potentially the humans who are there <laughs> like don't think oh sh- shouldn't we go and ask them shouldn't we go have a conversation it's quite interesting with the role of tech at the moment that we need to make sure the tech works first absolutely it's fundamental that technology is there to enhance the experience as mm. opposed to detract from it and i think there are times where we've all been frustrated with technology because it doesn't work and it's a detractor so i think you know it's incumbent on on venues to really understand the tech that they're deploying make sure it's an additive experience make sure it's something that their customers want or demand from them and i think there's often times where tech is deployed just for the sake of it because operators think that's what you need to do and as i mentioned earlier if you just deploy stuff without the thinking and the strategy behind it then it can often come come crashing down on you and it does impact on the customer experience and maybe they think twice about coming back it's not just that experience for you and your group at the time, but then you think twice about going back there because you Mm -hmm. thought that wasn't a great time. Let's try somewhere else close by and give somewhere else a shot. So it really does have a very serious impact on businesses and particularly in in a challenging environment like like we're in at the moment. You've got to be doing everything spot on to, to get that repeat business and grow the share of wallet when people are there. So yeah, it's a cautionary tale for sure that people get it right from the start. Yeah. The thing I really love about Square is you guys look outwardly to the industry and obviously you have your future of restaurants report which comes out every year and also when that obviously you're, you're talking to so many venues who are your customers what are some of the strategies that you can share with us to make sure that venues can really stand out from other competitors and making sure they're doing things right it's a tricky one i think it's very much dependent on the individual venue and what their plan is and i think what we've seen a lot of <clears throat> over the last few years is a real diversification in what businesses have been doing. So there's been a real openness, I think, and a real resilience to do things slightly differently. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we've seen. And I think that continues as well, that businesses are open to trying new things and they're not set on a particular thing forever. Like they've got to be able to adapt and flex with the changing environment that happens around them. I think that mindset is really critical and probably something that's been most obvious in the last couple of years and we've seen continue now and I think it will continue as well. But it's, it is a tough environment and I think just being laser focused on operational excellence and great quality staff and really delivering that customer experience because the standards are high now. People expect a lot from all kinds of businesses, small, medium and large. I think it's, yeah, it's a challenge day to day, but that open mind and continual adaptation and flexibility are really critical measures for success. Do you feel, and I don't want to preempt anything in the this year's future of restaurant supports, but do you think the situation is getting easier for venues that are really doing the right thing and now we've come out of COVID and now we're a full year out of outside of that sort of challenging trading time that we had. Do you feel like the industry is getting an easier place to work? and to actually be profitable? We're certainly optimistic about the future, for sure. Uh, it's a tough time right now with inflation impacting on people's discretionary budget. We're certainly not celebrating where we're at as a kind of in, in the macro environment right now, but I think everything goes in cycles and we're in a bit of a, a challenge right now. But we're really bullish on the industry and where it's headed. And I think being in Victoria as we are now, there, there are so many new venues opening up and new businesses starting and I think that's a really 
exciting thing to, to notice and to see. And a lot of the conversations that we're having at the moment are with new concepts and mm. new businesses that, that want to start. And I think that's the stuff that we get excited about and that gives me great hope and great optimism for the next couple of years because it hasn't, challenging as it is, it hasn't deterred people from actually having a crack and, and giving it a go, the great Aussie spirit. I think that's really interesting and really heartening to see given the challenging macro environment that we're in right now. So hope that continues and accelerates because we as consumers and customers get the benefit of trying all these great new venues and sampling great food and, and drinks. Is there any commonality between those new venues that you see starting through? Because I'm seeing a lot more smaller venues and niche products that are coming through, even something like Fishbowl. Fishbowl is an amazing salad, right? Yeah. And they pretty much stay in that lane. It's not like they do an extensive drink menu or anything like that. Yeah. Are you seeing that from the new customers that you're getting on board, that it's smaller venues first? It's a bit of a mix. There's definitely, and I agree entirely with you, there's a lot of great smaller businesses that they have really passionate owners and operators that that have just always wanted to do a wine bar, always wanted Mm. to do something kind of niche out there. Definitely excited to see a lot of smaller venues get started. And I think increasingly single location businesses are expanding, like they're a second or third location or Mm. something else. So I think there's existing businesses that are starting to think more about growth and developing multiple multiple brands or multiple locations and that's really exciting to see. so it is a bit of a mix and then there's obviously your larger kind of businesses that are starting big and going with multiple locations right from the get-go but we certainly love the smaller single owner operator scenarios we, lo- we love the underdog and yeah. someone who's just as said willing to get, have a crack and you know something that they've always been passionate about or wanted to try and got to the point of really starting it off so yeah we love to see them do well yeah, I'm always a sucker for an underdog as well. The last question I want to leave you with, Colin, the one question we have been asking the last couple of seasons is how people are leaving their legacy on the hospitality industry. So I guess that's really twofold. I'd really love to know how you feel you're personally leaving your legacy in a better place for the hospitality industry, but also Square in Australia. What do you guys feel you're leaving? It's a great question and it's something that we think really deeply about. Our, our purpose and our mission of economic empowerment really drives everything that we do day to day. So we want to give businesses that might not have had access to great technology and tools in the past because they were out of reach for cost or other reasons, complexity reasons. We really want to give businesses of all sizes access to the same tools that much larger venues have only had access to in the past. We're doing really interesting things now about helping fund growth of businesses as well through some some more business lending, which I think is really interesting. Mm. But I think the thing that's so exciting for me is that you go out on a Saturday night or a weekend and you might be here on Smith Street like we are and you walk up and down and there are so many venues that are using Square technology and you go in and you might chat to them, which I do, and you get such great feedback about how it's revolutionised their business, how it's transformed their operations, how it's helped them to grow a business and that's really heartwarming and it's just those connections that you can have with small businesses Mm. are so powerful. So I think just hearing those stories and hearing those conversations on a regular basis really helped me to feel like we're really doing some good work and that I think has long-standing effects because it changes people's lives. People who started a food truck and now have got a multi-location national businesses, their lives have been transformed through the business being successful and their restaurant being really well received and the kids 
go on great holidays or go to different schools or whatever it might be. They're really always personal stories that are behind these great venues. Yeah, I think for us, seeing and hearing all those things so regularly gives us a good sense that we're leaving the industry in a better place than we found it and not that we're going anywhere soon. We really <laughs> hope that we continue to do that and yeah. continue to offer businesses that we work with products that, that really help them to thrive. Yeah, totally agree. And we, I think we, as an industry, we need to understand the importance of something like payment and making sure that people getting the ability to use technology well and making sure it can actually work. And payment is so important. That last 30 seconds of someone's customer's journey with inside the venue is largely what they remember. Yeah. And if that's not good, then that means that experience is tarnished. I think something like Square where you know it's going to work every single time like it's a positive thing. I remember the MX was a newspaper, you used a free newspaper, you'd mm-hmm. get on the train and they had a section called Boring But Important <laughs> and it was generally the political discussions yes. there. And I think for a lot of people, payments are the boring but important aspect to their business. And like I was saying earlier, it just needs to be something that just works. They don't need to think about it. People need to be able to pay quickly and easily and get access to digital receipts if they want it via SMS or, mm. or by email. Yeah, definitely a critical and fundamental part to a business. It's the lifeblood of getting people their money quickly and making sure that they're not missing sales along mm. the way as well. I agree. Have we missed anything? I don't think so. I think that's okay. pretty comprehensive. Right. Awesome. I think, yeah. Um, Colin, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. What is the best way that people can find out more about Square for Restaurants? Squareup.com is our website. So that's got all of the product details that we've chatted about today. It's got contact details if people want to chat to a person and understand more about a solution that will help them, that fits for them. So yeah, squareup.com and we'd love we'd love to hear from you. Definitely a lot of a lot of great content on that website. I've been on there a lot of recent times, so I definitely can recommend it. And thanks as well, Colin, for Square for sponsoring this series as well it really means a lot to have the support of square and uh, thanks so much for joining me on today's podcast thanks sean it's a fantastic podcast and, and we love the work that you're doing and support of the industry and uh, yeah it's so great to be a part of it and thanks for having me on cheers <laughs> thanks again for tuning to this episode of principle of hospitality i hope you really enjoyed that one whenever we talk about tech especially amazing tech products like square it's always a good chat So make sure you find out more about Square on the link in the show notes here. And please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. As always, this content is for the industry, so we'd love you to share it along. Until next time, stay well, everyone. HOSPO is all about connection with your customers and your team. But what if your tools could also connect? That's where Square comes in. Square for Restaurants connects your front of house to your back of house, your team to their schedules, and connects new revenue streams with your marketing to reach new customers. Whether you have one location or many, Square has everything your business needs to connect your vision to reality. Learn more by visiting square.com slash restaurants.